0: Welcome to Jersey Arts, the podcast. I'm Susan Wallner. Today, I'm talking to Dave Isay, founder of StoryCorps, one of the largest oral history projects in America, maybe the world. The idea behind StoryCorps is simple. You ask someone you know to have a conversation, your mother, teacher, friend, or partner. You ask some big questions, questions you may have always wanted to ask. Your interview is recorded and filed with the Library of Congress. A clip might also make it onto Morning Edition as part of NPR's regular Friday morning StoryCorps broadcast. We'll start with a clip from a StoryCorps interview. Keith and Gretchen Yerholtz, Remembering
1: 9-11. Someone came in and entered the room and said um, that the tower had fallen, and, um, and I thought that was it. I kinda gave up hope.
2: Fortunately I didn't wait too long to call then. Shortly did I?
1: after you called and uh I picked up the phone and you just said, Gret, I'm alive and I started screaming so that everybody in the house would know.
2: I don't even remember what I said, to be honest.
1: I do. You said, I made it out and I have some some burns, but I'm 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 gonna get away and I just remember screaming, Just get away, get away, get away. We you knew you'd make it.
2: How do you think you've changed? How do I
1: think I've changed? Yeah. I guess I'm not really sure. I do know that every time I, I, I get mad at you or I'm, we have an argument, I can think back to September 11th and I can kind of forgive you for anything. <laughs> um, and I love you because you make me laugh, even though I always say I'm funnier. <laughs> no way. I'm
2: definitely funnier. You, you make me laugh.
1: And, um... You're my best friend, and it's nice to have a best friend to go through life with.
0: Since 2003, StoryCorps has grown to become a movement with books, CDs, and do-it-yourself guides. At its heart are the traveling StoryCorps mobile booths, recording stations housed in Airstream trailers that travel the country. NJN Public Television and Radio is partnering with StoryCorps to bring a mobile booth to Trenton this September. It's all the brainchild of Dave Isay, five-time Peabody award-winning radio producer, MacArthur genius, and man with a mission. Dave's goal is for everyone in America to take the time to sit down and talk to the people they love, and to record their conversations. Dave was inspired by the interviews done with former slaves by the Works Progress Administration in the 1930s, and by the great oral historian Studs Terkel, who cut the ribbon on the very first StoryCorps booth's opening day. But what Dave Isay is doing with StoryCorps is really unlike anything that's been tried before, and it can be a little hard to explain
3: everybody who listens to public radio knows who we are people who don't listen to public radio don't know who we are we're trying to fix that and our goal over the long term is to reach to touch the lives of every American family with StoryCorps so we've got a long way to go but we're excited to be partnering with NJN and and um, starting to get the word out beyond the public radio audience so StoryCorps is a very simple idea it started about seven years ago and we put a booth in Grand Central Terminal here in New York City um, and opened it up you make an appointment and you bring anyone you want to honor by listening to their story it could be your Grand or friend, or your bus driver, uh, anyone who you want to bring to this booth, you bring them to the booth and you're met by a trained facilitator who brings you inside and you close the door and you're in this kind of sacred space, the lights are low, and for 40 minutes you look um, your grandmother, say, in the eyes and you listen and you talk. Um, Most people ask kind of big life questions, how do you want to be remembered, what are the most important lessons you've learned in life, a lot of crying in the booth. At the end of 40 minutes, two CDs have been burned, one goes home with you, the other stays with us. Um, and goes to the Library of Congress so your great-great-great-great-great-grandkids can someday get to know your grandmother through her voice and story.
0: Here's a clip from one of the first StoryCorps conversations recorded in New York City's Grand Central Terminal. Danny Perasa and his wife Annie are talking about their marriage.
2: You see, the thing of it is, I always feel guilty when I say I love you to you, and I say it so often. I say it to remind you that as dumpy as I am, it's coming for me. It's it's like hearing a beautiful song from a busted old radio. And it's nice for you to keep the radio around the house. If I don't have a note on the kitchen table, I think there's something wrong. You write a love letter to me well, every morning. the only morning. thing that could possibly be wrong is I couldn't find a silly pen. To my princess, the weather out today is extremely rainy. I'll call you at 11.20 in the morning. It's a romantic weather And report. I love <laughs> you,
3: I love you, I love you. ¶¶ It's this very simple idea that has caught on uh, pretty rapidly over the last seven years and I think that interview experience is so important to people because it reminds um, them that they matter and won't be forgotten and uh, it's really people think of it as 40 minutes to kind of leave a legacy Uh, they know that this will be the way that their descendants get to know them so it becomes a really profound experience for people I also think that the microphone gives people the license to have conversations and say things they don't get to say during the normal course of daily events Uh, and it's really an opportunity to to kind of turn off your iPod and your iPhone and look a loved one in the eye and just by listening to them and ask them about their lives, tell them how much they mean to you.
0: What gave you this idea?
3: Well, I, I, you know, I was a public radio a documentary producer for many years, but it's really, I mean, every experience I ever had in my life kind of led to this thing. Uh, when I was a little kid, when I was um, 12 or 13 years old, I interviewed my grandparents um, with a tape recorder that I had around the house, a cassette recorder. And that whole generation, I had these like wild, g- g- crazy grandmother and her crazy sisters, and they were amazing people, and the whole generation died off. And when I was in my early 20s, I went looking for that tape and couldn't find it. And still, to this day, um, 25 years later you know, when I go to my parents' house, I look for the tape. And part of what I wanted to do with StoryCorps was to make sure that nobody made that dumb mistake that I did of losing that tape. So when you do StoryCorps, you know that this is going to be in the Library of Congress and it's going to be safe forever. But also, you know, when I did, um, when I used to do radio documentaries, I did a documentary about 20 years ago with two kids growing up in a housing project in chicago where i gave them tape recorders and had them record a diary of their lives for a week and it was the first kind of do-it-yourself radio documentary that had ever been done where people took tape recorders and recorded their own stories and i saw with these kids that when for instance one kid crawled into his bed with his into bed with his grandmother that that microphone gave him the license to ask questions he had never asked before, and the conversation continued long after the tape recorder was turned off. And then as basically everybody in this documentary died over the last 20 years, these tapes became incredibly important to those kids. So those experiences and many, many others led to the creation of StoryCorps. Again such a simple idea. But you know, what I think StoryCorps does, there's two sides to it. One is this experience, and we've done about 35,000 interviews with about 70,000 people um, in, in, um, all, in all kinds of different facilities, including these mobile booths, one of which is, is going to be coming to trend. Um, and um, there's also access to the stories, which are broadcast on NPR, and now we're starting to do animation, and we do these books, and so forth. And I think these stories, which are drawn from really the full uh, swath and diversity of American voices. When we pull into um, Trenton, for example, half of our slots are held for community organizations who we partner with. So we partner with more than 500 community organizations every year. That could be um, juvenile justice groups or homeless groups or immigrant groups. And, um, and when you hear a voice on NPR or you see one of these cartoons or, or read something in a book, almost by definition, it's going to be someone very different than you are. Um, but I think that um, when you hear these stories, just for an instant, you're likely to walk in the footsteps of someone who you may have thought was very different than you and recognize a little bit of yourself in that person. And that act, I think, of recognizing our shared humanity and how much more we share in common than divides us um, is, uh, is, is important, especially during these days of, you know, kind of incredible divisiveness in this country. So uh, part, of the, part of the power of of these story core stories, not only are they authentic as opposed to the kind of the reality TV and the sludge we get through our 24-hour cable news networks, um, but um, they, um, they, 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 they're, they're authentic. They show humanity at its best and remind us that we should spend a little more time listening to each other and a little less time shouting at each other.
0: Did you just know that you would come up with such good stuff, like stuff that was so powerful?
3: The answer is definitely no. Um, in fact StoryCorps started and remains kind of a human service project. It's really the core of it is about giving people this opportunity to connect with each other You know I'd been a documentary producer for many years but it was it was about saying that the act of doing the interviews can make a difference in people's lives and that the final product um, is important but maybe secondary to what the transformative effect of doing these interviews. So when StoryCorps started I expected that we might get some some stories out of it for a broadcast, but that eventually they'd start to repeat, because how many times can you have a grandkid and a grandmom do an interview? Eventually, it's going to be the same thing. And, you know, one of the many miracles of StoryCorps is that over the years, not only have the stories not repeated, but they have gotten better. Um, and, uh, you know, every day with StoryCorps is a surprise in one way or another, and that's one of the great surprises. And, you know, I, I, I honestly, I think the reason that the stories get better is because we're doing more interviews. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, it's, it's all of these stories really, um, because it's 40 minutes to leave a legacy, it's for people think of it as 40 minutes to sum up their lives. So stories are always about, always focus on the great themes of human existence. It's love and death and family, but the kind of beautiful, um, array of stories that come out out of those, um, those, those large topics are kind of endlessly fascinating and beautiful and, and, and moving to hear. And, you know, we hear all the time from people that, uh, every Friday morning they cry when they hear StoryCorps, but, you know, I don't think that these, it's not that the stories are sad, you know, because most of them aren't sad. I, I think what, what you're doing is just hearing, um, humanity at its best, people being real with one another. And, um, and you know, to some extent that, you know, hearing, hearing, hearing... A, a, and it's also the real American story, you know, and not the kind of real housewives of here or there or whatever, you know. Um, and, uh, you know, when you listen to Humanity at Its Best, you're kind of walking on holy ground, and I think that that's what, what makes people so emotional when they listen to these pieces.
0: In this StoryCorps interview, Peggy Edwards describes how she met her husband, She's telling the story to her granddaughter, Cinema Wood. The year was 1947. Peggy was a secretary at Howard University in Franklin. Her future husband was a graduate student. That first day I
2: started working, this man came down, and I was typing, and he kept looking at me and looking at my legs, and I was just (laughs) appalled. I never had anybody, just so blatant. We went together for six months and then he was going back to Chicago to finish work on his doctorate. He asked me, Would I marry him? And I said, Yeah. You
0: guys had a long, strong marriage. That's yeah, for sure. Right.
2: We were married 52 years.
0: What kind of advice would you have for couples like me and Drew?
2: Be good, be compassionate, be kind to each other. Go slow.
0: <laughs> Go slow.
2: Yeah. It's not a marathon. It's just a
0: stroll. That's good advice. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. So is there anything you've never told me but you want to tell me?
2: No, I tell you all the time (laughs) whenever I'm talking to you. I love you. Oh, I just love you. From the moment you were born, I looked down at you with those little shoulders and I thought, oh, I was so happy. I love you too. I'm really emotional now. This was I fun. Love you and I'm <laughs> so happy to have been able to come.
0: There's a lot about that whole sort of transmission of love and knowledge from one generation Wisdom. to another. yeah. You know, can you talk a little bit about that? Was that something that you went in very conscious of? No, of your uh, I, I, you know, answer?
3: when, when StoryCorps started, it was, you know, it was an experiment. I had, I didn't know what was going to happen in the booth pretty quickly it became evident what was going to ha- I also didn't know if it was going to work. But, you know, you, when you start something like this, I remember when we launched our, our mobile booth and, and um, you know, at the Library of Congress, and I saw the first two people go in. And, again, this was just I had no idea what was going to happen. And, and I remember thinking, like, when they came out an hour later and it worked, like, now we know 90 percent about. Of everything we're ever going to know about these mobile booths. So, we found out in the first couple of days of StoryCorps, um, uh, you know, how this thing was going to play. You know, because I had fears of people kind of being abusive of the booth or using it to record CDs or having Jerry Springer kind of fights with people. And none of that's ever happened. 35,000 interviews and not one of them has gone wrong, which is a tribute to the brilliant staff who who, who works here. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I think... um, this is really this project is a transmission of wisdom project and again it's because people do recognize and respect that it's these forty minutes to leave a legacy and and when you come into the booth and the facilitator um, is preparing you, I think, I, I think they often or always say, ask those questions you've always wanted to ask, because the 40 minutes goes by very quickly. So the big, those questions are, you know, what have you learned in life? How do you want to be remembered? And these are the wisdom questions. And those are, you know, these are the important conversations that we just, you know, that, that, that as I said earlier, that over the course of day-to-day events, we just don't have the opportunity to have.
0: StoryCorps' mobile booth will be in Trenton from September 9th through October 2nd. It will be parked between the New Jersey State Museum and the New Jersey State Library on West State Street. For information on how to sign up for an interview slot, visit njn.net. You can also sign up to NJN's Facebook or Twitter for regular updates. To hear more StoryCorps' stories, visit their website at storycorps.org. For more on the arts in New Jersey, visit JerseyArts.com. I'm Susan Wallner for Jersey Arts, the podcast, a production of State of the Arts. State of the Arts airs on NJN Public Television Thursday nights at 8 or view stories anytime at njn.net slash arts. The New Jersey State Council on the Arts is proud to co-produce State of the Arts. The New Jersey State Council on the Arts encouraging excellence in the arts since 1966. Additional support was provided by the Geraldine R. Dodge Foundation, supporting cultural, educational, and environmental initiatives that make our world more livable.